0: welcome to the Parabiblica for the Perplexed. This month's episode is about the Psalms of Solomon, one of the larger works attributed to Solomon. The Psalms of Solomon is a collection of 18 psalms, some or all attributed to Shlomo in their title. It is unclear how many authors there truly were. There are certainly some common themes throughout the psalms, but there are also some inconsistencies that suggest multiple authors. The Psalms were probably all written in and around the 1st century BCE, and compiled in mid-1st century CE. They seem to have all been written in Hebrew in Judea, and translated into Greek later. The Psalms use Shlomo's name because of his connection to wisdom and poetic literature. The Tanakh does describe him as having written far more than the two Psalms that bear his name in the biblical Book of Psalms. Many of these psalms reference either directly or indirectly events that occur after his life, but this isn't necessarily an anomaly in parabiblical literature. The first of these psalms bear similarity to biblical psalms, called out in time of distress. Shlomo calls out from mists the sinners, and his righteousness is rewarded with success. The sinners are also successful, however, and this is described. They are arrogant and believe they will never fail because they are spread across the whole earth and have desecrated the sanctuary, though their sins are many and secretive. It is implied that their arrogance will lead to a reckoning. This psalm has many parallels to the Roman persecution of the Jews and was likely written in that period as a psalm of hope and comfort. This will be a common theme among the psalms. The second psalm describes a desecration of Jerusalem and may be a continuation of the first. It describes at length foreigners taking the temple and disgracing its honor and vessels. It describes how the Judeans are taken into captivity because of their sins, specifically calling out sins of sexual deviance. It stresses that they chose to be sinful, but that Shlomo and the righteous can still choose good. Shlomo asks that the punishment of the Jews end soon, and sees that the sinful Gentiles who persecute them will also be cast down for their arrogance. It ends by praising God for awarding righteousness and dealing justly with the sinful, urging the reader to understand this. The third psalm describes the righteous, and how he will praise God and sing often. It describes how the righteous one always tries to find sin within himself and rid himself of it, and has faith for God's help when he has fallen. He fasts and is humbled when he sins. This is contrasted with the sinner, who curses those around him in his misfortune, adds to his sin, and does not get up when he falls. He will receive punishment while the righteousness are eternally kept. The depiction of righteousness throughout the psalm as getting up from sin rather than a lack of sin suggests that the psalmist viewed his audience as possibly sinful, but able to overcome their sins. The next psalm addresses those who are overzealous in their judgment and try to impress others. He admonishes these people, saying that they are too sinful in many ways to have grounds to condemn others. This theme would go on to be prominent in early Christian texts. He asks that these people be removed from among the righteous, as they are destroyers and deceivers rather than honest and wise. There follows an extended prayer that these people should face much hardship and cruelty, and be stripped of their honor. The psalm ends with a blessing to the truly innocent, as God is the true judge. This psalm seems to be politically charged as opposition specifically to the Sadducees and the Hasmonians, who were the authority at the time, but often submitted to and tried to impress the occupying Romans. Some have suggested that this or all the psalms are therefore from the Pharisees or Essenes, but many of the less centralized religious strains in Judea also hated the Sadducees, so this may be an oversimplification. The next psalm is a more familiar psalm of praise. It praises God for his strength, loyalty, and justice. It thanks God for providing for every living thing and man, with specific emphasis on hunger, which was often a problem in Jerusalem, given the refugee problem, Jerusalem at the time from the Asmonians' warfare. It asks that one not be provided too much, lest they be tempted to sin, as the rich do, also a dig at the Sadducees. The next psalm praises he who calls to God in his time of need, as he will be happy and saved. He will have hope and not fear, and his prayers will protect his entire household. His prayers are always answered, and he is protected. This psalm ends by praising God for being merciful with those who turn to him. The next psalm is a plea for mercy in a time of danger. It asks God to remain close to his followers and protect them from wicked and the foreign. It praises God's kindness and mercy and asks that God remember these virtues. This psalm ends by stressing that the Jews are God's chosen people and who will defend and remember them. The next psalm focuses on battle and warfare. Shlomo laments the coming of the battle to Jerusalem and describes at length the various sins that led to this point—adultery, stealing from the temple, and not respecting the laws of holiness and cleanliness in the temple, likely an allusion to the Sadducee priests who are viewed as unworthy to serve. As a response to this, God opens the country to a foreigner, who comes in unopposed and takes the land and its defenses. He then kills the leaders and takes captives. This likely refers to the coming of the Romans into Judea following the Hasmonean civil war between John Hyrcanus II and Aristobulus, but it could also refer to the coming of Alexander the Great, followed by the Seleucid Empire, which persecuted the Jews. The psalm acknowledges this justice, but prays that God now take mercy and compassion, as Judea has suffered enough. The psalm ends by asking that God be pleased with and close to the righteous forever. The next psalm begins by describing the exile of the Jews as an example of God's judgment and urges the reader to choose good. It urges God to be merciful and accept repentance from Israel. They're the only nation that repents to him. It ends by reminding God of the covenant of Abraham, and a plea for mercy and salvation. The next psalm praises those who accept punishments for their sins as they may find mercy and redemption for their actions. It stresses that God is just with Israel and that they will eventually be saved. This theming, present in many of the psalms, but especially evident in this one, suggests that the author's community was facing persecution and that the psalm is a response, categorizing the persecution as just punishment from which Israel will eventually be saved on account of its righteousness, which the people can choose out of their sin. The next psalm predicts victory for Jerusalem. It tells the reader to spread the news of Jerusalem's triumph. It describes how all the exiles returned to Judea in comfort, with the terrain changing to accommodate their travels, with many parallels to the splitting of the sea and the Midrashim that surround it. This psalm has somewhat of an apocalyptic theming, which it could have received directly from apocalyptic texts, but it may be a political apocalypse in a similar vein to the Nevi'im Achronim next psalm addresses lying and criminality. It describes how people can use their words to make sin and turn men against one another. It contains a long prayer that these people face many harsh punishments for their actions. It ends with a prayer that the innocent and devout be protected. This psalm is extremely similar in form to the psalm about overzealous judgment, and therefore probably shares an author. The next psalm thanks God for protection in a manner similar to the biblical psalms. It thanks God for saving Shlomo from famine, sword, and beasts. It describes how, contrarily, the sinners will be destroyed. The descriptions of these dangers may draw directly on the growing Agadic tradition about Shlomo. It praises God for his discipline, stressing that it is just and positive, and that it forms redemption for the righteous rather than destruction. The next psalm is somewhat similar to the previous one. It contrasts God's treatment of the righteous and the sinners. It describes how God is faithful to those who follow God's commandments and that they shall be eternally kept. The sinner's enjoyment is fleeting, and they will receive a negative afterlife. Interestingly, this is among the earlier Jewish mentions of a good-bad afterlife in such a direct way. The next psalm identifies itself as specifically going with the song. It praises God for saving those who call out to him and describes how they will celebrate and sing to their salvation. It interestingly describes the righteous as having a mark of salvation, while the sinners have a mark of destruction. This imagery is very similar to the imagery that will appear later in the Christian text, Revelation of John. It then describes how God's judgment will come to both the righteous and the sinners, while the former will be rewarded and the latter punished. Possible that the Revelation of John knew this psalm directly. The next psalm is a prayer for help. It describes an experience, while sleeping, of approaching the underworld, but being saved and woken by God. The psalm thanks God for mercy and contains a prayer not to be tempted to any kind of sin and to have the strength to pass God's tests. This psalm seems to be an allusion to sin committed out of desperation and a prayer to be able to resist it, possibly as a result or response to the Roman persecution. The theming and imagery used is relatively similar to certain apocalyptic texts, especially in its description of the approach to the underworld. The next psalm is a narrative psalm, similar to Psalm 78, which summarizes the Exodus, although this psalm is mainly concerned with the kingship and the coming Messiah. It describes how David was made king of Israel, but because of Israel's sins, his line was deposed and replaced with foreign kings. These lawless kings are likewise deposed by a different Gentile king, which may be an allusion to Cyrus. The Israelites, who are now scattered, pick up customs of the lands they are in. The psalm then switches to a prayer for the Messiah, who will drive the foreigners out of the land and return Israel to righteousness. He will gather them back to the land, purge the unrighteous, and return all the tribes to their proper lands. He will serve as a wise and holy king and avoid war. It contains a lengthy description of how he will judge righteously and lead Israel to holiness. It ends with a final plea that God send mercy. The emphasis in this psalm on Israel and its tribes specifically, as opposed to Judea, may indicate a desire to set up a new kingship, rather than restore or free the recent Hasmonean kingship, although it may be part of the attribution to Solomon. The final psalm of this collection concerns the Messiah, It begins by praising God for attention to Israel and protecting them from sin, and describes how the Messiah will come and make things better and more righteous for the coming generation. The end of the psalm describes how God appointed the courses of the stars and the angels over them, and how they do not deviate from their course. This may suggest some Enochic influence on this and possibly other of the Psalms of Solomon. The Psalms of Solomon as a whole, because of its diverse theming, serves as one of the greatest windows into Judean life in the 1st century BCE. It presents a lot of the political opposition of the people to their leadership, talks about many of the ideas that would develop into important aspects of Christianity, and draws on many works suggesting that these works were available to the Judean writers at the time. And so concludes this month's episode of Biblica for the Perplexed. If you enjoyed, please consider leaving a good rating or review, and check back next month for Parabiblica for the Perplexed, the Book of Enoch, Part 2.